We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Happy Halloween. It is Tuesday, October 31st. The annual NFL trade deadline has came and went. And as promised, we got to get right to it with an instant reaction live stream coming up here inside the vault, streaming across all platforms, including uh, Bobby Baltimore. I'm Bobby Trossett, as always, joined alongside my co-host and partner, Sarah Ellison. This special live stream is brought to you by this episode's small business patron title sponsor. That's Brandon Lindsay. More on what we're offering on Patreon throughout the stream, but welcome in again. That's four thirty-nine Eastern here, so around forty minutes or so past the deadline, partner. And uh, the Ravens stood pat, but certainly based on reports, it was not for a lack of effort whatsoever. Yeah, certainly not. Um, uh, there was a tweet from a from national media late last night where somebody had asked, like, who's been the most active on the phone lines. And one of the, they named two teams and one of them was the Ravens. It sounds like Eric DaCosta was trying to make moves. We saw, you know, John Harbaugh say at the presser that he had just met with them and they were meeting again. So what all the things he were trying, he was trying to do, I, we don't know, but we do know that Derek Henry was one, which we covered in this morning's morning vault. By the way, this episode will take the place of a Wednesday morning vault. Uh, and there was a twist with, I don't know, about an hour left uh, before the deadline where some news broke about Eric DaCosta trying to get in on Josh Jacobs. Yeah, so. Uh, yeah, we can jump into all that and get through all the details. You can lead the way. No, perfect. I, th I think we start right then and there. And Spencer Schultz, who covers the Ravens for the Exit 52 podcast, he's all over Twitter. He's been all over this, including the Derrick Henry news. But just within the last couple hours, uh, he tweeted that his understanding is that the Ravens want Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs wanted to be a Raven. The Raiders wanted a second-round pick. But the Ravens are sticking to their guns, did not want to give a second-round pick. And, and there you have it right there as well. Josina Anderson answering uh, a Ravens fan. I think he's actually a listener of the show as well. What's up, Austin? Uh, the Ravens out on everyone now. No, they're still trying. I don't know what that the time stamps. Three, that was 307. <laughs> okay, you got the time stamps. <laughs> We're keeping receipts and stamps around here. We love it. And then Spencer using a meme to kind of describe what's happening here. He, he, he was responding to himself saying, you know, Jacobs wanted out after last night. Anybody who watched Monday Night Football, you'd understand why. In Vegas, uh, the Raiders are not in a rush. In essence, and it's a, it's a meme from from the office. Basically, dudes just sitting around waiting to kill each other, right? <laughs> yeah, like who's gonna who's gonna shoot first? Who's gonna put their guns down first? Like what's what's gonna happen? So, uh, Bobby, um, in my opinion, uh, Eric DaCosta was correct in not pulling the trigger for Josh Jacobs for a second rounder. Mm -hmm. That to me is uh, the Raiders getting a bit greedy. Okay. And, you know, I just, I don't know why I, I'm sometimes surprised. Uh, it's becoming entertaining to this point where I feel like a segment of the fan base wants Eric DaCosta to be a chump 
Okay. <laughs> to me, he would have been a chump to give up a second rounder for a half a season. I mean, there's a chance that he could have extended him, but guess what? Jacobs is walking in March. So there's a chance he could sign him then too without giving a second round pick. Now, Jacobs is a guy who is averaging three yards per carry. Granted, he's coming off a much, much better season last year, and he'd probably be better in the Ravens offense. Uh, I definitely have been on the show saying I would like the Ravens to address running back. That is obviously what EDC try to do, but not overpay. I do not believe in that. Again, I do not want my GM to be a chump. So second rounder for a half season rental. No, not for second round. He's averaging three yards per carry. Um, extending older running backs has not typically been great business throughout the NFL. The Raiders, by the way, this is why I think they got greedy. They will get at best a 2025 third round comp pick okay so part of the reason why you don't go so high on these picks is because it's like fine keep keep your guy for nine more weeks then he walks then you have to wait a year and a half to get a comp pick and it that's going to be conditional on how much that player gets in a contract and how much that player plays and how much success that player has so yeah and the ravens could and and uh, the other whammy to this is, is Jacobs, according to, to this report, wanted out of the Raiders, which seems Heck like it. Yeah. yeah, everybody does. <laughs> everybody does. The Raiders don't hold people hostage. Uh, Hayden Hurst asked for a trade. Fine. We don't want to keep a guy that doesn't want to be here. Marquise Brown. Fine. We don't want to keep a guy that doesn't want to. Like, it's a half a season, and you're going to hold this guy hostage who doesn't want to be there. So, um uh, yeah, and by the way, he's still expensive. I mean, you're still paying. They, I, I originally asked Spencer. I was like, "Are they asking for a second because they're willing to take on so much of his salary?" But then I remembered, duh, the the time for that to happen is past. That was 4 p.m. on Monday. If if a player was going to restructure with it, you have to do like a a signing bonus and take on more of their their cap and transfer it away from their salary. And it was like, okay, maybe I could see a second because they're taking on the salary, but they can't do that because it's too late. Yep. Like a second is just too much. Now, I will hear arguments that the Ravens haven't picked very well in the second round. I agree. Go back and look. It goes back for years. Here you have it. Sergio Kendall, Torrey Smith, Courtney Upshaw, Arthur Brown, Timmy Jernigan, Max Williams, Kamale Correa, Tyus Bowser, J.K. Dobbins, David Ajabo. So I agree, but in what world do I don't want to sit in a world where my GM says to himself, yeah, I stink. I stink in the second round, so I'm giving up on it, and I'm going to overpay for an expensive running back. I just don't think that's how you do business. Now, we'll get into Chase, Chase Young later because I thought 49ers got him for a great year, but on this specific running back and this specific – uh, price tag that the Raiders put on it, I feel like Eric DaCosta made the correct choice. I would wholeheartedly agree with you. The second we start thinking about, and by the way, on the whole second round conversation, which Kevin Ostreicher has up here on the screen, I don't want to live in a world where he doesn't keep taking swing, swings as well, where he's missed in the past. And that's exactly how we've gotten to this point at wide receiver. Wouldn't be Zay Flowers if we were living in a world where he said, oh gosh, my track record sucks. <laughs> I give up, a, you know, at a certain yeah. position or in a second or, you know, or, or in a specific round, in this case, the second, you know, we don't want to live in that world. So he's going to continue to take his swings. They're, they're going to continue to believe in how they do business, especially when it comes to valuing draft capital and the amount that they have, which right now I had it up on the screen a second ago is not what they're used to having. Right. So they're going to be extra. You'd have to think they're going to be extra careful. Um, with, with the way that they handle what they have in store for April. Eight total picks is the projected look right now at the 2024 draft, a first-rounder, second, third, fourth, which is uh, the the projected compensatory pick that they'll get for Ben Powers, who left, of course, big payday for him in free agency last March to Denver, a fifth, and then a seventh. So, so that's that. And then if we're talking about throwing around second-round picks, Sarah, for a potential rental – Look, I get the Super Bowl window is right now. I do. Okay, I get it. We've talked about it time and time again. 
the, the Ravens front office understands that window is now. They told you about that based on their moves they made this offseason. But to sit here and think, you know, that that crafting a roster takes <laughs> a year or a season. No, it takes years and years to do this. So to just start throwing around second rounders to go after a guy who could be literally a one a less than one year rental while yes he would fill a void especially if knock on wood Gus Bus were to go down or get banged up over the next couple months I'm just not willing to do that I respect and admire the way that EDC and the Ravens front office decided to stick to their guns uh, and not make a knee-jerk decision at the 11th hour today well, and, and so a couple couple more arguments, because I have heard a lot of people say, you know, well, I thought it was like Super Bowl or bust, right? A, a couple responses to that. Number one, you can do that for a couple of moves. You can't do that over and over and over again. OBJ was a Super Bowl or bust move. Using all these void years was a Super Bowl or bust move. Um you know, signing Lamar to to well, that's not Super Bowl or bust. That's just getting your franchise quarterback. But um, Roquan last and year. I, what's that? Roquan. Roquan. Last year. Yeah, Roquan. I mean, I I just so I'm here for for certain players. I'm just is is Josh Jacobs. Does that automatically mean the Ravens are going to win the Super Bowl? Or does Josh Jacobs automatically mean that the Ravens are out? Now again, don't get me wrong. I still wish that we were sitting here saying that EDC was either able to pull off Josh Jacobs or Derrick Henry or um, Saquon Barkley. I I would prefer to be sitting here saying that he pulled off one of those moves. That being said, I can't fault him on this. And again, Josh Jacobs, again, he probably would be better in this Ravens offense, but he is, he's averaging three yards per carry right now. Like, I don't know like that that guy means that okay the Ravens are getting a Super Bowl and by the way everyone in the AFC stood tight for the most part. I mean the Ravens are tied for leading the the conference but Chiefs, Dolphins, Jags, Bengals, did the Bills make a move? Mm, not, I don't know. I think the Bills I may mean, have made was, one move with a DB if I'm not mistaken, but Yeah. Yeah. So, so anyway, again, I would have liked Josh Jacobs if he were here, I'd be welcoming him with, with welcome. I mean, I'd be, you know, have welcome open arms for him, but I just don't for that second rounder. And I want to just read one tweet with Jeff Zrebeck because Can I quickly follow up on what the bills did just quickly. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Packers, the Packers dealt defensive back Rasul Douglas to, to Buffalo. That's what the bills did today. Okay. So the bills did get something. Okay. Um, but I, I do want to read one one tweet from Jeff's Rebeck because I really feel like this hits the nose on the uh, the nail on the head uh, because uh, it's just so fickle. So Jeff's Rebeck wrote tweeted just a couple moments ago. You can be frustrated and disappointed for sure. He says all of that, but let's not talk nonsense here. DaCosta has made more relevant trade deadline deals in five years than Ozzy did in his entire time as GM. Ozzy's only real notable pre-deadline deal was trading for Eugene Moore. And then in another tweet, Jeff was like, this isn't a shot at Ozzy because obviously Ozzy's <laughs> one of the best to do it. But but to come out and act like EDC's the worst after, you know, he got Lamar done, he got OBJ, he got Zay. I mean, I thought, I thought Eric had a fantastic offseason. He's had so many fantastic pre-deadline trades and he was trying again. And I'm glad he didn't overpay. Quite frankly, I'm glad he didn't. So this is the the squad we're going to move forward with. We'll revisit Josh Jacobs in March. And I sure as heck hope Gus Edwards doesn't get hurt. <laughs> yeah, and and some some folks are asking about that. Ian Wicks uh, drops a, a $2 donation. And appreciate you, Ian. Are you concerned if Gus were to miss some time? Yeah, there it is. Oh, of course. You know, that has to be a concern, right? And And that's what made, you know, really magnified uh, when he goes down, knowing what happened to J.K. opening week, you know, and Gus gets banged up, you're you're like, oh wow. And even when when Gus's usage is up, you're you're starting to think about that. Just living in a world where running back, yeah, is is no longer there's not as much depth as there once was. But what they do have is yes, there there are some unanswered questions related to to, to what they have in house, right? Keaton Mitchell has gotten very. It's a small sample size in terms of what we've seen from him in regular season play. I, I get the sense that as soon as he gets healthy, Sarah, they're going to try and get him more involved in this offense. We've heard that essentially from from John Harbaugh, and then don't forget 
that and I'm not saying that Melvin Gordon is a Josh Jacobs, right? Melvin Gordon certainly is not a Saquon Barkley. But when you think about some of these other players that are out there, the Dalvin Cooks, the Zeke Elliott's, right? I saw some of these names that, that people in the comment section were saying they would have been cheap. Why didn't you just go after them? Well, the Ravens could see them as very similar players to a guy that they have on their practice squad right now, and that's Melvin Gordon. Now, he is out of game day elevations, meaning he, if he's activated, they got to keep him on the 53-man roster moving forward. So, so that's something to keep in mind. Uh, but but yeah, of course, Ian, you know, if, if he were to go down, you could say that about a lot of positions, though, in terms of the, the, the first stringer. Yeah, yeah, you could. I mean, I mean, I think we kind of summed it up there. I mean, it again, it would have been nice. I just don't agree with the price. And uh, I, I, yeah, I just don't. Uh, Gus can't get hurt. And even if there was Gus, I wanted one more. But I, I just can't. I just can't sit here and act like EDC did something, you know, terribly wrong today. The Super Chat live donations are coming in. Marco G says, I'm hoping we at least sign Adama Kinsu for depth purposes and give Keaton more touches along with injured players returning. The Ravens did get some optimism about Tyus Bowser. We mentioned that earlier in the week. We'll see what that might mean. And then Adama Kinsu, when he was working as a commentator for Sky Sports, we covered this last week, broke some news that he was talking to the Ravens among other teams, which of course would beef up the Ravens defensive line, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. He's remember he's not, he's a free agent. Sue is. So it's not like Mm -hmm. they had to get that done between, you know, before four o'clock today, he's a free agent. So they could sign him at any point moving forward. Um, I had just seen a question. I was going to highlight it and these comments are going so fast, but there was a question (laughs) here. I should have started right away. Uh, is what happened to Derrick Henry? Do we, do we kind of want to review that quickly? Yes, and before we do, we have close to a 1,000 people concurrently watching this across all platforms. So thank you guys for showing up and showing out here on Deadline Day. This is a deadline special. We're going to be bringing you through all of what we've watched unfold over the last 24 hours or so, which is about to be the Derrick Henry conversation. Our guy Spencer Schultz was all over that. But before we do... As always, we want to be sure to shout out our newest patron. Uh, This guy's supporting everything we're building here inside the channel this month through Patreon. So shout out you, Michael Rossi. And if you guys are interested in doing the same, you can join the Vault Patreon community by clicking on the link that we have included in the show notes below. What did you just have on the screen that I so rudely took off? (laughs) No, I didn't know you were going to Patreons. Go ahead. So there it is. Cody Atkinson asks, what happened with Henry? He would have been great. Okay, yeah, so let's dive into this now. Again, this was sort of yesterday's twist <laughs> before the the restructured deadline, which was 4 p.m. Eastern on the 30th. And then the second twist, which is what this headline is about, was was about Josh Jacobs. So I guess we're rewinding, essentially, and, and we'll begin with, with Spencer's tweet from, again, on Monday. There was an agreement in place, and Titans ownership vetoed it for – Tennessee running back Derrick Henry. That's what Spencer's sources told him. That's also what our guy Cole Jackson had as well. According to his sources, the Ravens and Titans had a deal in place for Derrick. That deal was vetoed by the Titans owner. Now, it's funny. I was actually live streaming during all of this back and forth last night. And so it was funny to have Spencer on the channel and then Paul Kaharski, there's so many inroads here. We just had him on our show the week of the London game because he's a Titans reporter. He checked in with his sources and tweeted that on the Amy Adams strunk vetoing a deal for Derrick Henry conversation, colon, not true, hashtag Titans. And then uh, a nerd in a hat in his mention said, but an obscure internet account said it was. Paul comes back and says, yeah. How about legitimate people stop retweeting stuff like that, which sort of demeans my guy Spenny and Cole, which I got which I got Spencer's immediate instant reaction to, which made for some good theater. Anyway, the Derrick Henry conversation has come and gone. He remains a Tennessee Titan. What was your thought on all of this playing out? Uh, you know, I said it yesterday, yesterday or I guess this morning, um, just that that's got to be extraordinarily frustrating for Eric DaCosta, where if if those reports are correct, you have a deal in place, another GM thought it was a fair deal. 
you've been working on this. You've got Derrick Henry. And then, you know, he, you know, he says that the, the, the GM vetoed it. And so Spencer, by the way, quote, retweeted Paul and was like, um, why would why wouldn't they why wouldn't they refute that? I mean, do you want Derrick Henry to feel like, oh, the GM was gonna trade me, but the 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 owner had to save me? Like they they have to refute it. It could be true that it didn't, but um I, I don't know. I feel like uh I, I I feel like Spencer and Cole, we've had them on. We know these guys. Uh I wouldn't be posting it if it was some just obscure account, as as Paul says. I think that uh um they're two pretty trustworthy guys. I don't know who their sources are or whatnot, but I was comfortable going with their reports. Like I said, I can't verify it, but uh, so that's my take though. I feel like EDC is that would have to be so frustrating when you think you have a deal in hand and then it kind of falls apart. And then you've only got who knows when he found out that it fell apart, but you've got maybe a day or two to try to like figure something else out. Um, so that's that's got to be frustrating. So he was clearly wanting to do something. He clearly was targeting running backs. Who knows if he was targeting other things? But there's not much you can do if a owner comes by and says, "Hey, I feel like he's a fr- face of a franchise, so I want to I want to get more for him than a mid round pick." EDC can't give more based off of what he did for your franchise. You're going to give a pick based off of what you think he can do for your franchise in the future. Yeah, I think Spencer's all over it with this follow-up question. Why would they possibly, <laughs> why, why wouldn't they refute it? It makes too much sense and, again, got a lot of respect for Paul, for sure, and whoever he checked in on, I'm sure that's exactly just recycling whatever he was told. But mm-hmm. uh, but but Spencer and Cole have been all over this. I had some conversations before we went on live with Spencer, and he's not he may not be a part of a traditional media outlet. This is kind of what's frustrating, too. I saw a lot of people – in his mentions kind of getting all over him questioning him doing doing all this same with cole it's like just because you don't have a traditional media outlet that you work for doesn't mean you don't have sources all right like spencer's been through his uh he's he's an established scout like he has scouting experience he's he has a certified scout at some level i should know the 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 jargon more we've talked about it in golfed before but for for people to just demean him like that i, I just it's it's annoying that we're going to be living in a world at it some is, point. And by soon. the way, by the way, I get asked all the time and I'm not disparage, disparaging anybody locally. We, everybody has the sources that they have. Okay. But the vast majority of news that breaks happens from the national media. Our local media, including us, do not break a lot of news. And so the fact that it's starting to come from non-traditional stuff, because I do know that like, you know, the sun or athletic or ESPN, they're working very tightly with PR. So a lot of stuff that they do break, it comes from PR, but very few of them have like these agents that are breaking news. So Cole and Spencer, a lot of non-traditional media people are gaining traction. This is a new world. Um, So just because it's not from ESPN or the athletic doesn't mean that it ought, you, you automatically say it's not true. I feel like Cole and Spencer have been working in this local media space in Baltimore for quite some time and have established relationships. Yep, and they deserve that respect, which is why we're giving it to them. You know, and the the not not all traditional media refuse to acknowledge that, but a good portion of of them do. And I get it; it's a change in times, and that's why we're doing what we're doing. You know, we're we're working for ourselves. We're building this layer by layer, and those guys are as well. They're their respective platforms. So, good stuff to both of them. We appreciate uh, their content and what they've provided to Deadline Week. We've got some more super chat features to get to so let's see if we can get through as many as we possibly can kenny ash says the second rounder for jacobs is ridiculous that being said the ravens have an amazing team if we can get one piece that puts the team over the edge uh they could overspend a little uh what is going on here overspend a, third a little for chase could have been like a new yeah, sentence. Yeah. yeah yeah he likes run on sentences me too a little th- <laughs> a third third for chase could have been great Peace and, and caps from the 49ers. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, so, San Francisco well, gets let, pressure. <laughs> yeah. Sh- should we get to that and explain what happened with Chase? Yeah. For those that Sorry, are, Kenny. Have been at work and, and are catching up here. Let me bring this up. Thank you for the donation, Kenny. Sorry I botched yes. your, your reading. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Kenny. 
We we got it. He's basically saying he thought the second for Jacobs was also ridiculous. That said, he would have liked to have seen something and would have liked to have seen Eric DaCosta make this um, Chase Young deal. So what happened uh, at 244 sounds like um, Diana Rossini of, of The Athletic tweeted, I was told Washington ownership had a strong hand in deciding to deal both Chase Young and Montez Sweat. Many of the building in the building wanted to keep them because they believe in this team. But in the end, it's about the future for the commanders. So Ian Rappaport tweeted sources, former number two overall pick commanders, defensive end Chase Young is being traded to the 49ers. Incredible, likely a mid round pick in 2024. By the way, it was later confirmed. It was a third round pick after dealing Montez sweat to the bears. Washington now trades young to one of the NFL's best. So, um, to to yeah so there it is a 2024 oh oh yeah so the montez sweat by the way he went to chicago for a 2024 second round pick according to adam schefter so whoo commanders unloading uh i agree with the comment that it would have been nice to get chase young when we did our overview show of all the different trades um i definitely was was in on henry i would have been happy with that I also said of the dream scenarios, remember we had a dream scenario section, Chase Young was in there and he was my favorite dream scenario. Then when I saw that he went for a third, I was like, dang. So the question is, why didn't EDC do that? We don't know if he had the opportunity. I don't know what the details are around that, but for sure, if given the opportunity, I would have traded a third for um, Chase Young. I just don't know. I have no clue what the details are about that. Some people on my Twitter kind of said, oh, there's no way commanders would have given it to the Ravens. They don't like us. I mean, who who knows what the details were, be, were behind that? But it also, by the way, drives home my point more that if Chase Young, this, this up-and-coming pass rusher, and pass rushers uh, for years have been way more expensive and valued around the league than running backs, if Chase Young only goes for a third, then you really look like a chump if you're giving up a second for an expensive yeah. running back. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. You know, would it have been nice? Absolutely. Yeah. But I tell you what, when you look at Chase's stats, and, and I know he came out firing in 2020, rookie of the year, pro bowler, right? This dude was, was a legitimate force in 2020. And guess what? He's off to a career year so far. I looked into this right before we went on. He's off to a career year in terms of pressure rate, overall pressures for Washington, which will now end up being San Francisco. The Ravens are going to have to deal with him on Christmas night. The rich get richer out there when it comes to pass rushing. That'll be a conversation for a couple months from now. But when you take a look at the availability category, I'm not sure I would have felt great about throwing around a third for a guy who's played in just 12 combined games the previous two seasons leading into this one. Now, again, so far so good this year. The Like I said, the pressure rate, the disruptiveness, his mobility, all check that box. Uh, but, but until he puts together a full season coming off those two, I'd have some questions about that. We have some more donations coming in through the Super Chat, just people reacting to a lot of this. Asmodeus, I'm not mad at not getting Chase. All Skins fans, he knows hates him why yeah why is he hated i'm pretty sure he's a local guy if i'm yeah, not come mistaken back and, and give us another comment on that yeah he went to dematha he went to dematha high in hyattsville maryland born in upper marlboro maryland so he, he's a local guy i wonder why maybe maybe just because it's rough being a commander's fan they're probably upset about a lot of things these days although it's been a fire sale today and i think josh harris coming in as the new owner Really, based on what Diana's reporting said there, it's a new era in Washington. And I think moving forward, that Ron Rivera is probably not going to be their guy, right, moving forward. Like, they're probably mm -hmm. going to promote Eric Bieniemy to get his long-awaited head coaching opportunity, and they're going to be able to go from there. That's what I see happening this offseason, and it'll be a fresh new chapter uh, for the commanders. Uh, by the way, again, I would have loved Chase Young for a third. Uh, that being said, if we're talking about just this season – I actually feel better because the Ravens lead the league in sacks and by a pretty, you know, healthy number, the Ravens are leading the league with sacks and, you know, Mike McDonald is able to get it from so many different sources. I feel like with Clowney in and 
um, uh, Kevin Van Noy in and Kyle, yeah, uh, Kevin <laughs> and he's <laughs> Kyle Van Noy is like my guy. You just asked my kids, uh, whatever. We've talked about this. I'm terrible <laughs> at names. I don't need to explain myself. Um, I'll be calling you the wrong name tomorrow, I'm sure. But, uh, uh, you know, Owe coming back, although it did, I don't know if he's completely over his ankle there, but uh, the Ravens lead the league in sacks. So, you know, for this season, I'm feeling um, pretty good there. I, in fact, I feel better there than I do at running back for now. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. More Super Chat feature donations coming in. And by the way, Dre Dog getting everybody going. There's a thousand people in here. We need those likes up though, right? Because that'll allow everybody else out there that maybe hasn't discovered us yet to, to figure out what we're building here in Baltimore. So thank you, Dre, for, for that reminder. Uh, gold coins chiming in getting after the local radio which which we won't promote we'll just uh, we'll just mention it you guys are so much better than what we have on fm radio those clowns on the afternoon show were complaining about kyle hamilton again i happened to watch that episode i happened to be listening to that when that What'd was happening say? maybe that's a conversation for another time the the, the oh. 105.7 the fan afternoon guys I don't know if it was all of them i can't speak for every single one of them but jason lockenfora seems to think that Kyle Hamilton is not a playmaker. So not sure where he, I, I did, I, again, I didn't catch the entire argument and the jury's still out on a guy who it's literally his sophomore season. He's asked to do so much in the back end of this team. He's so versatile. He's so rangy. He had a three sack game earlier this year. Let's not get into that right now. I just, it's like some, some topics. How do we come up with this? Okay. We're, we're going to make everybody, you know, upset. And then we're going to go from there. John Rodriguez. Appreciate you. We love you. Thanks for the donation. What else you got, Sarah? Here's a good oh. question right here. Thoughts on Josh Dobbs going to the Vikings. Yes, um, I have a slide on that because okay. the Ravens just saw him obviously. So the comp update is that the uh, Cardinals sent Josh Dobbs, who again was playing for an injured Kyler Murray on Sunday in the desert and a seventh rounder to the Vikings for a sixth round pick. And we know that that's relevant because Kirk Cousins, much like Aaron Rodgers earlier this year, unfortunately tore his Achilles and boy, oh boy, Sarah, Minnesota had been playing some good ball. Uh, so my thoughts on that, when I initially saw it was like, oof, the Vikings are in a bad situation. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I, you know, Josh jobs. Um, well, you know, Josh jobs, quarter, Josh Dobbs. <laughs> I swear I said Dobbs. You make it too easy, one. man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dead. Sorry. Um, you know, you're good. You're you know good, what's you're funny? Good. I just got to tell you this quickly. Kadri uh, came on the show the other day, and we're before we get oh, on. Oh, crap. He's like, he's like, you've just gotten to a point where you don't even say anything anymore, do you? I'm like, <laughs> what? What do you? That's all he said. I was like, what? He's like, with Sarah and her names. And I just, I literally died. I just started laughing so hard because you know him. He used to get all over you about that and still does in the comment section, which I oh. find to be very entertaining. I may mispronounce names, but at least I know when a rookie tight end is not going to overcome the Pro Bowl <laughs> Mark Andrews when he's got like the best relationship ever and on field chemistry. So take that cue. That's right. Uh, we'll we'll back at what, him. what is. What is he gonna wear his pink tuxedo, by the way, for losing that that bet? We'll we'll get to that later. Um, 
by the way, I just saw this. Eileen Nolan, did you see CBS quoted Roquan from the vault in an article? I did not see that. Oh, did you? Eileen, Eileen, can you do us a favor? Eileen watches us all the time, and I, I recognize her her photo popping up here. Eileen, can you take that article and drop it into the live chat, if you don't mind, if you have it handy? That'd be pretty cool for everybody to take a look at. I hadn't seen that. Yeah. Anyway, my point was that Josh Dobbs, while he had a pretty decent fourth quarter, thought he had some bad interceptions and um I just think that the Vikings are in a bad situation right now. I don't know that he's going to be super helpful, uh but good for him getting an opportunity. More live chats, lots of donations coming in through the YouTube super chat feature today, which is very appreciative. Uh, we're appreciated. You know, we're appreciative of you guys very much. So Tim T, I think fans need to be grateful for the front office. We have, you can't always have flashy trades. Half the teams have terrible front offices. Certainly EDC has been in his bag. He was a year ago. Well, this marks the one year anniversary of getting the Roquan Smith deal done. So he does deserve his flowers. They didn't go out without swinging based on the reports. And I'm sure we'll hear more the next time that Maybe John Harbaugh hits the podium. Does EDC typically release any statements or if it's only acquisition based, is that when they come in? Yeah, he would make a, he would maybe make a statement if he made a trade, but they're not going to make a statement on who they were close to making a deal with. I mean, yeah, yeah, they're, they're close. I'm sure he's close to making so many deals. We don't even have a, a, a clue about. Cody Atkinson just asking what happened with Henry. He would have been great, according to multiple local reports here, Cody, if you, if you were uh, not tuned in at this point in the live stream. We already covered it, but Titans ownership reportedly vetoed a deal the Ravens had in place or at least had proposed for Titans running back Derrick Henry. So that was yesterday's twist. And then the, the second twist was Josh Jacobs. I almost said Dobbs. <laughs> Josh Jacobs today. <laughs> who was rumored to have been interested in. There was mutual interest reportedly. Uh, Spencer Schultz was on top of that, co-host of the uh, Exit 52 podcast, but that wasn't able to get it through. And how about this? Looks like uh, we got our first ever live participant here. Fly, a longtime subscriber, first time making it live. Well, welcome inside the vault, Fly. F-L-Y. Do it more often. Do it more often. (laughs) Uh, so do we want to get to any non-trade content here? Yeah, I want to just make Wait, sure we get to a, all of our... a couple more here. Yeah, yeah, all the paid ones. Go ahead. Just in case we haven't missed anything. Da, 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 da. Kenny yeah, Bobby... Ash checking in. We're spoiled by EDC. Probably why we are so surprised and disappointed by no big moves this trade deadline. Good thought there, Kenny. What were you saying, Sarah? I was going to ask a technical question, but I'll ask it offline. Okay. Asmodeus, another donation. Got to love when people double it up. Thank you so much. This makes the uh, Nandama Katsu trade highly likely. Not sure what he's referring to with this. Maybe passing on these guys. Maybe, but it would be a signing, not a trade. Yes. Yes, because he's a free agent. Nandama Katsu, who was working for Sky Sports as of two weeks ago. Where were you headed next? Uh, so I just wanted to get into a little, when we were trying to plan something, some some content outside of the trade news before all this went down. So um, I just wanted to get to uh, two two other topics tonight, and then we'll have quick hits. And if any other questions come in on the trades, we can, we can swing back around to that. But um, Cole, Cole Jackson, again, giving him a shout out. You know, he's the big time offensive line uh uh, film study guy. And you may want to go check him out on YouTube. Cause I'm not going to show everything. Road Raiders is the channel. Road Raiders. Yeah. And, um, he has some concerns, uh, specifically, uh, with Ronnie Stanley and Ronnie getting his anchor point. Okay. So Ronnie, as as you go and watch this video, he shows Ronnie's got enough speed. Remember, he's still got that that ankle. He may still, who knows? He may still have that ankle. Maybe it's not completely confident, 100% confident. But he seems to move pretty quickly. But as soon as he gets hit by some of these edge rushers, 
he seems to get pushed back. So you'll remember yesterday, or I guess again this morning, Tuesday morning's vault, uh, we highlighted in quick hits uh, Brian Baldinger talking about the throw that Lamar Jackson had had made to Mark Andrews. And part of that is, and I'll show you know a non-Baldy uh, version of it. So you'll see here, and we kind of pointed this out, he's getting pushed back, Ronnie Stanley there. And the whole reason why Lamar picks his leg up and the fact that he can bring that leg up and have that arm ankle angle and hit Mark Andrews is phenomenal. But again, watch Ronnie Stanley on the left, 79. He's in good position, but then just keeps getting pushed back. Okay. Oh, he into, kicked it up. Yeah, because he got Yeah, he Ronnie pushed into it. Friendly fire there. Yes, and remember how we've talked about how uh, Rashad Bateman saved an interception to Lamar. Originally, I felt like the ball got away from Lamar, but look again at Ronnie Stanley. Uh, I have the same the same play uploaded in here. Well, you get you get um, that play. I want to take another look at that while you while yeah, you find it, it because now just so you know, sometimes when I pull it in, it automatically starts to play. So I'm not hitting any buttons on purpose. Yeah, look at him though. He's he's hanging in there, but just getting pushed. Thank God Lamar was able to swing his left leg out of there because that would have either been a a a, a calf injury or perhaps a cleat. So yeah, Ronnie Cole does good work, and you can find him at Here, Road okay, Raiders. So, and here's the actual clip. So here's the clip with so look, he's in perfect position, but gets thrown totally into Lamar. And so Lamar, his pass was off kilter because he's getting hit by Ronnie, who got pushed into him. Watch it again. Watch 79. Let me hit play on this. 79. Far left. Waiting to hike the ball. Far left. Gets in good well, position. Early. And just totally. <laughs> but he's in position and gets totally pushed back into Lamar. So... Again, go watch Cole if you'd if you'd like, but he's he's basically saying that Ronnie's got jump to early here. play it again. Oh, you want to shoot it again? Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> they never call this. They never call this from the tackles. Yeah, <laughs> he's a tad bit early. He's yeah. early and he's got good position, but he gets pushed back. So Cole keeps talking about his anchor point, and it just he's just is getting overpowered there. And so um, you know, that that affects your quarterback. And it was more than just those two plays. Uh Cole's got more, but I just wanted to point that out. Something to watch as we go forward. I hope that Ronnie uh, is feeling good in that ankle. I'm hoping maybe um, one of the media members that get into the locker room can maybe get him on the side and talk to him about how that that ankle is feeling. But we definitely need to get Ronnie to be able to like stand up and not not get pushed back so much. So yeah, one thing like the the field was an issue as we've already covered in Arizona, but not sure how much of that's an excuse for for some of those types of plays right there right like right that's, that's because more of just other guys and... were able to get their anchor point yep. <laughs> you know it wasn't if it was just if it was everybody then okay cool but it, it was just happening a lot with ronnie so um the other thing because it's funny you told me it's really polarizing so usually on mondays we have an overreaction monday right where we bring in all the the national media and some of their reactions to the Ravens game, and um, pretty quiet. It really week. wasn't. Yeah, it was very quiet. And I, you told me while we were in like on the phone before we started recording that you had been getting questions. Hey, Bobby, what's the national media's reaction to the Arizona game and all that? And there really wasn't a lot, but finally there was a little bit today. And um, <laughs> just to just. To, what do you got? We've, well, we've talked about Shannon Sharp and Stephen A and how, you know, I think it's like three or four weeks ago at this point where they were saying the Ravens weren't getting their money's worth out of Lamar. So then we covered it and Stephen A basically denies that's what he said using semantics and saying, well, that wasn't the right wording and da 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 da. Uh, so anyway, I just wanted to point out Stephen A did his top five teams this week. He's got the Ravens in the top five. He may have had him in the top five last week, but I, I got a kick out of it. It's just entertaining at this point. I can't even be angry because we all know why it's happening. So now I just find it entertaining. But uh, his, his reasoning for why they're in the top five connected to Lamar is hilarious. Let's go to number four. Give it to me right now. Bam! The Baltimore Ravens. Why? Lamar Jackson. 
That's why that defense, that's why atop the AFC North with a 62 record. That's why this is who they are. We understand who they are, what they're capable of, the exceptional coach in the harbor, the defense filled with rough riders, an offense led by Lamar Jackson. We know what they bring to the table. They're a top four team. Jay's list is a, bit, is a lot different than Stephen A's. What? List. Yes. Ooh. At five, I got the Chiefs. Mm. At four, I've got the Cowboys. At three, mm. I've got the Dolphins. Cowboys! At three, I've got the Dolphins. At two, I've got the Ravens. At one, I've got the Eagles. Your order's a little wrong. I mean, like, I, I like the Jags. I wouldn't put the Jags yes. at two. If you just talked about the Dolphins played the Jags, who would, who would you pick to win? If the Ravens played the Jags, who would you pick to win? The list is fluid! <laughs> <laughs> fluid. The yeah, you're, you're fluid. fluid. Well, and it's funny because a couple people, you know, because I tweeted that, and a couple people were like, "Yeah, when people win, like they usually go up on list." I'm like, "Oh, for sure. Like I, I would do that too if we had a top five. My list would probably be fluid too because it's about who. What's your top five today? But what's that's not why you, it's notable because media do that all the time. It's notable because four weeks ago it was like not worth the money, not getting their money's worth. And this was after, like, all the drops to the wide receivers. And now here we are four weeks later. We know why they're top four. It's because of Lamar Jackson. And, you know, he gives love to the to, to Harbaugh and, and, the, and the defense, too. But it's just – it's it's so entertaining, and that's why these shows succeed. <laughs> oh, it's exhausting. That That is pretty funny, though. Yes, you are a very fluid human being, aren't you, Stephen A. Smith? Much less, uh, you know, a daily pundit. But – Anyway, Shannon Sharp's got the Ravens listed too, too. How about that? How about yeah. that? So other news that we missed from the trade deadline, just that you might care about, the Browns traded Donovan Peoples-Jones, their wide receiver, to Detroit. Uh, Detroit gave up a sixth-round pick in 2025 for DPJ. The Browns are signing veteran wide receiver. It's funny to see the word veteran with this guy because he still seems so young to me, but I guess he has been in the league for several years. Former Raven, James Prochet, he is being signed to Cleveland's practice squad, and you wonder if he's going to get a chance to immediately be activated, Sarah, with with that Donovan Peoples-Jones move perhaps being the corresponding one. Maybe, maybe. But when you've got him and they signed Kenyon Drake, when did the Ravens play the Browns again? Let me look this up here. Uh, Guess they liked what they saw. Oh, it's in. It's right after Seattle. It's right after Seattle. To me, that's more like give us some information. We need information. Let's sign two former Ravens two weeks before we play them. Give us some information. And I just think the uh, Browns are trying not to lose again. That's what I think. What I was thinking was, let's see if he played in that game. Did he? No, he did not. Okay, I thought that Kenyon Drake may have played in the first time around, back in in uh, in week four when the Ravens spanked the the Browns in Cleveland, but he did not play in that game. So anyway, how about this? Most big plays through week eight. Marcus Mosier tweeted this out. Well, look, kind of hard to see. Yeah, can it we is. make this bigger? It is. It is a little hard to go. see. Look, look who sits there. Uh, well, now I can't see if what, what are they? It's One, number two. Ravens two, are number, number two. two. They're number two with 63 big plays. Miami Dolphins are number one with 67. So um, they're, uh, I think they're number one in rushing big plays, 35. Yeah, it looks like they're number one in rushing big plays. And I think number eight, so top 10 in passing or receiving big plays. So, okay. Okay, Munkin and Lamar and company. And remember, as you perhaps, as perhaps some are frustrated with where the Ravens are right now, having stood pat today, we are talking about a team that through eight weeks of football stands atop the division at six and two. Rest of the AFC North sits at four and three. And then just for seeding purposes, here's where the Ravens are just in terms of the entire AFC conference. At the top, in a four-way tie with Kansas City, Miami, and Jacksonville, all who stand 6-2 and two entering Week 9. So just keep that in mind if perhaps you're feeling a little pessimistic this afternoon. And then this was yours right here, so more DVOA talk. What do you got? 
Well, because this, uh, I think it takes a couple days for it to come in, but we, we used Aaron before, Aaron Schatz, I believe. <laughs> Who knows? I'm probably butchering his name, so my apologies, Aaron. Uh, he says, new DVO ratings and commentary. The Ravens are now so far ahead in DVOA that you could remove their win over Detroit and they would still be number one. So then he's got a link to the to his article and, and dives into it. And uh, yeah, so go check him out, read that article, but that's pretty impressive. <laughs> you can remove Detroit, their absolute best game, and they'd still be number one. If you haven't already done so, con- consider checking out what we're offering on Patreon this month. You can join our community here inside the vault by visiting patreon.com forward slash Ravens vault podcast. We're coming up on, 11,000 subscriptions. That's our next goal. So if you haven't already done so, you've been enjoying our content. Not only we would love for you to like this video, but also subscribe to both the Vault and the Bobby Baltimore YouTube channels. We're also available in the audio-only space. If maybe you popped on this live stream late, it will be available in audio-only form. Probably, I'll probably, I'll probably shotgun it and put it out later tonight rather than tomorrow morning just because of a lot of this is is time sensitive and we're only an hour and a half after since the deadline, which was 4 p.m. Eastern. So Ravens stand pat. They have everything they need. Obviously they got to remain healthy. Yes. It would have been helpful to tweak and add accordingly, especially at the running back position, but it wasn't for a lack of trying and uh partner. Good stuff. I think we can, we can probably sleep easy tonight. I think this is a good, good last hour or so with as many as over a thousand fifty concurrence who joined us on the live stream yeah i appreciate everybody for joining i do wish that we were talking about a derrick henry or josh jacobs edition wasn't in the cards but uh i'm gonna enjoy my night is i'm gonna take all these kids trick-or-treating and get some other stuff in so i hope everybody else has a happy halloween i love it you enjoy it what's what's the best costume that's going out in your household tonight what would you say uh well, the cutest is my six-year-old. She wanted to be an angel this year. She's always been like a spooky like zombie or something in the past. She wanted to be an angel, and it is it is too cute. I'll have to send you a picture once we get all the kids all dressed up here. I love your six-year-old. I love all of them like they're my own. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Happy Halloween to everybody. Happy deadline day that since came and went. And, yes, as Lamont throws out with a reminder, do not forget to like the stream. You guys are the best. We'll be back on tomorrow's Wednesday. So media availability begins, which means that we will be back on Thursday morning with a whole recap of Wednesday's media availability. And we will start to turn our attention to week nine and the Seattle Seahawks. You guys are the best. Thanks for being with us for the special inside edition here inside the vault on all things trade deadline.